Welcome to the Bad Blood Football Podcast. In this episode, we'll be breaking down the wild card games from last weekend. So we came up with this little idea. We, we're going to do a contest between Rob and Dan, where whoever gets fewer predictions right throughout the whole playoffs will be forced to wear an item of clothing that the other person gets to pick out. So you can check on any of our social media, like on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, just look up Bad Blood Football on those, and you'll be able to find us and see what they uh, pick for each other. First things first, we're just going to go through the games and tally up the correct predictions. So for this Texans and Bills game, it was 22-19 to 19 in the Texans' favor, which Rob predicted. Obviously, the Texans are the, are the better team here with Josh Allen's inexperience. For the Titans, they beat the Patriots by 20-13. to 13. Let's get it, baby. Get mad, Rob. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> the Vikings beat the Saints 26-20. to 20. Which both of them predicted. Such a fluke. <laughs> Such a fluke. Yeah, neither neither of them predicted that right. They both got that wrong. Seahawks-Eagles game, they both got it right. The Seahawks won 17-9. He should have just been injured in the regular season, let's be real. <laughs> first things first, we're going to go with this Texans and Bills game. It was super exciting, and but honestly, I was not impressed by the level of play from either team. And, uh, you know, given that it's the playoffs, I think both of these teams have a lot to work on. So... You know, first question will be at 6.02 in the third quarter, everything seemed like it was going wrong for the Texans. And Watson had been sacked five times, which is five times out of 27 plays total. So he was getting sacked almost one-fifth of the time that he snapped the ball. They were down 16-0. to zero. What do you think went wrong to put them in such a bad position? Let's start with Rob. All right, so... This offensive line, you could have replaced an offensive line with the JV 7th grade football team, and they would have been just as good as these offensive linemen. They, Larry Tunsil on the left tackle position was just getting absolutely shit on the entire game. Damn right. It was an embarrassing show of professional play from this offensive line, and thank God Watson has legs, because if he was a stand-to-pocket passer, he would have just gotten rocked every play because that they were just horrible yeah I, I totally agree with that they uh, it was just really really terrible level of play from them so on the other side of that though how do you think the bills managed to throw away that big of a lead i mean the bills offense in the first half came out hot they did everything they were supposed to especially with the first drive with josh allen running the 42 yard dash uh down the field to then turn it into a uh wide receiver toss in the end zone to josh allen in the corner for an easy tutty um and then once halftime hit they just fell apart i think their youth and inexperience in the playoffs got to them somehow the texans found a spark like jj watt was telling all his teammates on the sidelines he was saying, all we need is a spark, all we need is a spark, and they finally got one with the touchdown with uh, Watson, and then it just kind of went downhill for the Bills. So, yeah, but I mean, you also got to remember, I mean, the Bills, like, they're just, like, their quarterback, their leader is just super inexperienced. Like, consistently, he was making bad decisions, throwing into double coverage. Yeah. yeah, it was showing, like, it was, it was ridiculous, throwing triple coverage, just making poor decisions, especially in the fourth quarter when they were needed him the most, they just completely threw away the game in my opinion they really like it was just not a good showing for Josh Allen even though he had a relatively good season it was just not not his game by any means he had a very poor performance and it was uh, unless you're talking strictly the first quarter where he had an absolute amazing show of his ability however he will progress into a good quarterback but right now he is not the quarterback the Bills need he is terrible at this moment in time he needs to work on his game to be better they will be back in the playoffs next year I will definitely tell you that but to be there Josh Allen needs to mature into a pocket passer and get those legs under him 
and make sure he doesn't make any more of those dumbass decisions like he made during this game. Yeah. They definitely will appear in the playoffs again. I mean, like I said, both sides in the first half showed their stuff. Huge shout out to their defense. Hughes, Murphy, Edmonds, and Neal all got all got sacks on the game. Last time they matched up, they recorded seven sacks and they did it again this game. So so to talk about the to talk about the Texans, you know, like I'm um, kind of going back to the first question of where they went wrong. They did not utilize Duke Johnson to what they should have. I mean, my man was doing work. He was he was averaging 12.7 yards rushing and 10 yards receiving. They only utilized him six times throughout the game. This man was a beast, and obviously they wanted to get the run game going with with Carlos Hyde, but he was only averaging three yards a, a carry at 16 carries throughout the game. Like it's just not. They they need to have a more diverse backfield. I mean, yes, Watson was you know doing well in the second half, but that first quarter and the second quarter, that's the only time they used uh, Duke Johnson. And I mean, no one else was pulling their weight, and he was obviously the workhorse. But then they decided they wanted to run the ball with Carlos Hyde, and I think that was a bad idea. I think if they would have used Duke Johnson way more than they used Carlos Hyde, they would have been up way earlier, would have had more sparks and just uh, would have been overall in a better position going into the half besides, you know, being down with a big goose egg on the on the scoreboard. So we talked about Josh Allen, but I'm wondering if you guys can think of any other key players that you thought underperformed or let the team down in, you know, specifically key moments. I'm going to have to start here with Roby, the cornerback. He missed two key interceptions. One of them would have been a pick six. As I'm talking about the Texans here. And um, one of them would have been a pick six, and the other one would have been another key interception that would have just stopped the drive cold and probably put the Texans in scoring position. Uh, he yeah, was cut him. Yeah, yeah, cut him. cut him right away, man. He should he should have been cut as soon as he missed that pick six, in my opinion. <laughs> but um, and and the O line, like I was saying earlier, the O line was just had a very poor performance on the Texans side of the ball. Like allowing seven sacks is just unacceptable in the NFL. It should never happen. Uh, especially with a quarterback like Watson, who can actually, who has a, amazing escapability. Obviously, we saw that in overtime. Matt Milano and Siren Neal just completely like, whiffed on that tackle. They both just sandwiched him, and then he just kind of escaped out of the way and was able to get a 39-yard gain and bring him to the two-yard line to get that game-winning field goal. I think that's completely unacceptable as well. There's an underachieving players on both sides of the of the ball here. It was a uh, very low skill game in my opinion and going back to what rob said last episode about how frank gore was an old man hell yeah he was i mean he really underperformed in this fucking he game. looked horrible he had like what, what the hell did they he should have just kept running the ball to singletary all day he frank gore had one solid play for a 14 yard long run and that was it he had seven carries for eight yards other than that 14 yard long what <laughs> is that i mean okay fine you have a mentor for for uh devin singletary that's fine put him as a coach don't bring him in the game oof yeah i, I feel that and uh so you know end on a positive note for this you know complete shit show of a game what would you guys pick? You know, I think there were a couple standouts, but who would you guys pick as your player of the game, and what do you think made them stand out so much? So my game MVP would have been J.J. Watt. He had that. Uh, he had a key sack right at the end of the second quarter that really sparked the Texans to go on a 19-0 and uh, pretty much scoring streak. He was pretty much a non-factor in the first half uh, besides that sack. Ford, the rookie right tackle, was really handling him really well. Um, however, in the in the, uh, in the second half, he was kind of getting to four, especially because I think he was a rookie. Plus, that you know that uh, the inexperience against a guy like JJ Watt is really going to be disruptive. Uh, he was also key in making the Bills lose 32 yards on two plays, which in the fourth quarter, which is another unacceptable mistake by Josh Allen. Uh, but yeah, like I was saying, JJ Watt with his uh, with his sack 
and a couple of batted balls. I think he definitely deserved the game MVP there. I think another honorable moment would be for, uh, sadly, I'd hate to say it, Deshaun Watson. I mean, watching that game hurt me just as much as Bills fans, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, I mean, the first half was horrible on offense for the Texans, but he found a way to turn it around, got the touchdown to spark the team on offense, got the ball moving, and worked efficiently on the offensive side. And, and he was kind of looking like he did in college too with his uh with his ability to kind of stretch himself out over the goal line. I thought that was uh, I thought that was good to see him kind of like he he was in college at Clemson. Definitely. The statistics would tell you that he played bad with all those sacks, but if you watch like what happened on a lot of them, there, there were very few of those that like anyone would have avoided. It was really an offensive line issue more 100%. than it was an issue with him, I would say. So let's just move on to this Titans and Patriots game. You know, it's a little bit of a higher level for for men of culture. Um <laughs> the Titans took it twenty to thirteen. I, I'm pretty surprised as well. Um, it was an upset, but so Rob, what what do you think went wrong in this game? Like, uh, why did you predict the Patriots to win? Like, what happened right. that you didn't so here, expect? Here's what I'm gonna start with. New England has been a very solid team. They've been my team since I was since I was young. Very solid playoff team. However, Brady needs help. He needs help with the wide receiver position. All of the receivers, minus Julian Edelman. However, Julian Edelman has been having an atrocious year with the most drops in the NFL right now, which is unexcusable for the level of play that Julian Edelman usually has. Uh, however, uh, they need to get him weapons. All of his guys, like like Dekeel Harry, he is slow, big, tight end, like at a receiver. How are you going to be a receiver if you're like that? He is. He was buns. They need to get this man an actual receiver. And they will be doing better. Brady didn't look the best, but I just, like I was saying, I think he needs help. He's missing Gronk, obviously. He's missing that check down. But other than that, I mean, Edelman had that key drop on third down that would have set him up for a field goal, probably leading to a win, to be honest with you. Um, And that, that Brady pick six, I think he did that intentionally to get them to try to get a little, a chance for a comeback. But who really knows? Well, who would have thought it? I'll tell you who. I fucking did. <laughs> I picked the Titans from the start. I'll tell you what. Great pick on my part. Because Derrick Henry, as I said last episode, ran the damn ball down their throats. He had 182 yards, and his longest run was a 29-yard and a touchdown. He averaged 5.4 yards a carry. i got to be honest, besides uh, Derrick Henry on that offense, he was the only star on that uh, team. Ryan Tannehill was having... Ryan Tannehill, an atrocious day. You're not wrong. He underperformed that game. Honestly, like I said, Derrick Henry was the whole team, the star of the team, and they're going to have a tough matchup next week. I don't know how that's going to turn out, but for this game, they really whooped uh, the Patriots' ass. I'm very proud that I picked them in this week, and uh, let me get the uh, predictions correct next week. Let's go. So, okay, so that's that That New England defense really underperformed this week. The only person that could stop Henry was Dante Hightower. He was the only one. He was getting, he had nine tackles and eight solos in a tackle for loss. He was legitimately the only one on that defense that actually had the ability to tackle Derrick Henry. He was running downhill and, the entire game. And did I not, and did I not say their defense's performance was plummeting? No, after no, bottom? no, you definitely did. And I, I'm still disagreeing with you because obviously Ryan Tannehill could not throw the ball whatsoever because the, the corners were still shut down. It was just the run game was the biggest problem. And they had no other stars in that defense whatsoever. It was poor play by the defense. However, the cornerbacks and the safeties did well. I I must say. Speaking of Ryan Tannehill, I'm looking at his stats right now. He had a 24.7 QBR with two fumbles. I just can't get over that. But sorry. I don't know, man. And I don't want to keep uh, harping on Ryan Tannehill. However, he's terrible. Uh, Logan Ryan with that pick six was pretty good. He's an ex-Patriot as well. Unfortunately, I think he also had the offensive playbook to jump that play just like that. That was pretty uh, pretty sad. And another key 
uh, big difference here with this uh, this Titans defense was that they had seven a total of seven pass deflections. I thought that was a pretty pretty big disruptor for uh, Tom Brady's game of normally you know dumping it off on those little uh, little slant routes that he that he always loves to throw. So you know we already talked about Butterfingers Edelman and that big drop. Uh, what other critical moments of this, you know, real defensive struggle would you guys point out that decided it in favor of the Titans? Uh, like we've been saying all this whole time, uh, stopping the run game. I mean, they did a phenomenal job on the back end with their DBs covering all of the Titans receivers. They shut down AJ Brown, the standout that I mentioned previously. They took away that aspect of their offense, but they could not stop Derrick Henry. That was their biggest struggle, obviously. Hundred percent. I mean, and and he just he was he was looking like he was the the senior on the freshman team. To be honest with you, it, it wasn't even a game, and it was it, um it was a little bit embarrassing to call myself a New England fan right there because New England should have had them in the first quarter. They and they should have just kept going up and up and up on them because but they kept getting stopped. They got stopped on a one yard line and couldn't score. What is that? You can't push the ball in on the one yard line. That is embarrassing. Great red zone defense, baby. You're damn right it is. Which is, I mean, and you can't argue with that. I mean, granted, Mike Rabel was that the outside linebacker. I mean, I'm sure he's got it. Jeez, I, I, I do. It was just a, it was a pity party, honestly, at this point. I mean, but I guess you know, non-New England fans, I guess, can have their little party without New England this year. But they'll be back next year. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Bring back uh, Gronk 2020. Hell yeah. <laughs> Start a damn campaign. Make the Patriots great again, right? <laughs> I don't know. Wait, hold on, hold on. Before we end this, I don't know if you've been hearing, but uh, your offensive co- coordinator is looking to potentially leave the Patriots next season. Yeah, I know. And he a couple is. of your players. Yep, I know. Ending their contract. This is their last contract year, and they're looking to possibly get out just like Tom Brady. I don't know if I would see Tom Brady leaving, Brady's but I could, definitely see, I could definitely see other players leaving because yeah. I don't know. You know who's not leaving, though? Bill Belichick. So I'm not even going to do Derrick Henry the dishonor of asking you guys who your player of the game was. It's pretty obvious who we all think it was. So let's With just a man on to- 75% of the offense. That's just absolutely insane. So we'll go to the Saints and Vikings game. It was, uh, the Vikings won it 26-20. to 20. So I think it's a pretty big upset. And uh, both teams kind of underperformed in this one. It's weird. I feel like the level of play was pretty weak in all of these games except the Patriots Titans game was okay but I I just don't think this was a very good game either for a for a wild card weekend I would have to agree with you that the level of play is a lot less than what we're used to seeing I think because you don't have the big air attacking teams because like I mean a lot of the teams that had a lot of the passing yards this year just aren't in the playoffs because they don't have a run game so the NFL it seems to be moving towards a more run focused offense which I mean, I'm, I'm. It almost seems like the the level of play is decreasing, but at the same time, you have these running backs like Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, Alvin Cook. It like, like they're just they're dominating right now because nobody knows how to deal with them. So, what do you guys think that the Saints could have done better this game? Um, you know, they're favored to win. They should have gotten Taysom Hill more involved in the offense. I know he was involved on a couple of key plays, but they should have had him in on like 75% of the plays. He is a absolute game changer as a player because no one knows how to handle him. Absolutely no team does. He is such a dynamic player. I, like, I, he does everything. Name something he doesn't do besides defense. You can't because he does literally <laughs> everything. He is that he should be their team after Drew Brees leaves. Uh, I won't deny that. And uh, I would have... Especially like to see more of Alvin Kamara. I mean, he didn't really do much of anything. He had twenty-one yards. You gotta, you gotta attempt get your seven carries. That's it, right? You gotta attempt to get your running back more carries than that. You gotta establish the run game as well. 
Yeah. And I mean, with Breeze, it better be lucky Taysom Hill threw that 50-yard pass for the touchdown or to put them in a great position to get that rushing touchdown for Alvin Kamara. Yep. Hundred percent, because because like and like we were saying earlier with a, with a low level play, like Breeze was just not performing like he normally does. Like you have the best receiver in the game in Michael Thomas. He only got him seven receptions. He had to have gotten open more than that. You know what I mean? Like you got to be able to see him, and it's yeah, just there's no way. You're right, and, and it's just like I just feel like being this low, like having this low level of play is just it's unacceptable, especially for Drew Brees leading in all these stats. It just seemed like he was. He wasn't there. Only Tom Brady can beat uh, Father Time. Of course. <laughs> so what key mo- So you know, okay. So the Saints started up out up ten three. They got behind twenty to ten, and then they cl- it got back to twenty twenty. Really back and forth game. Were there any key moments that stood out to you that made it go to overtime like it did? Like you know, what big plays did you see? The uh, the Saints. So to stop them from kind of getting. Um, completely behind they had a really good stop in the end of the second the second quarter to hold them to uh hold the the vikings to a field goal instead of a touchdown they were in the red zone and they uh they held them up got them a field goal kind of kept them in the game i think that that's a super key moment to get them into overtime not necessarily win the game but i think that that really helped them so who is your player of the game and what do you think made them stand out uh for me i'd have to say dalvin cook i mean there was poor tackling on the saints defense all game just uh, as much as a problem uh, the Saints defense had as New England had. Dalvin Cook came back from injury, like I said, and I was looking for him to have a big performance, and he did not disappoint me at all. He ran the offense well. And besides that, when you establish the run game, it helped their it helped Kirk Cousins out a lot because it opened up a lot of options on the field as, as well. And he performed phenomenally when all the doubters out there were saying that he could not win a playoff game. And you know what? He came out there and did it. Although me and Rob picked the Saints to win this game, I guess he showed us up. I, I guess so. I'm actually going to disagree with you on Dalvin Cook. I mean, a 3.4 yard average on 28 carries. I don't think that that's like that's that good. I think it's just I think that that's repetition getting to the getting to the defense a little bit. But I mean, that's your choice. He did have two touchdowns at 22 yard long, and they also should have got uh, Madsen in a little bit more. I think he was doing good work. But my player of the game is Taysom Hill. Like I was saying, the most dynamic player in the NFL right now. They should have had him in more. 50 yards passing, 50 yards receiving, 50 yards carrying. I think he was absolutely dynamic. He had a great game. If they would have got him in more, I think they would have definitely um, had a better chance to win and not be in overtime. I think defenses, like I was saying earlier, they don't know how to deal with him. And if they would have gotten him in more throughout the season, I think he would be undoubtedly the league MVP because he is so dynamic. I think he is just a an outstanding player who deserves way more than he's getting right now. And I think you'll you'll begin to see him in the NFL, like players like him in the NFL a lot more um, as the season. Yeah, it's a crazy, crazy kind of player. It's really interesting what they're doing with him. Actually, Rob, let me ask you a question. How did you feel about the last second overtime? Not last second, but overtime touchdown pass to Rudolph in the corner. Do you think there's uh, enough controversy there that they should have held it, held the finale, and uh, reviewed the play? It, they definitely should have reviewed it. I mean, that's I think that's unexcusable. Not that's unheard of um, that they haven't. Reviewed I mean, because it. I mean, he he extended that right arm out. I mean, that's that's almost blatant offensive pass interference to get him away. And now, time and time again, the Saints have just lost their first game in the postseason three years in a row. To these yeah, crazy, to these crazy plays. plays. 
Yeah, it's just, it. It is just. It, it. It almost seems like the NFL should move towards a college overtime rule set where the other team should be able to have a rebuttal regardless of whether or not it's after the first drive or not because like I think the Saints would be able to come back down and score I mean I think that they're they're well equipped to do that and they just got unlucky now I understand the statistic of you know you get the coin flip and you're gonna win the game most of the time I understand that but like there should be able to have this rebuttal if you score I I don't think that that's right that they they limit and the I'm, amount and I'm assuming, of time. And I'm assuming most team. listeners out there are agreeing with you that they should get a second chance, even if, regardless if the first offense gets a touchdown and ends the game right there without a uh, return for the other team. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, a lot of people like to stick with the classic traditions of the way the sport is played, and, um, I mean, it's tough. Tough loss for the Saints. 100%. I mean, it's it's devastating to Saints fans. For it's like, like you said, for the third year in a row, I just don't think um, it's just – it's just a shame, honestly, because Drew Brees did have a very good year. But, you know what, it's the playoffs, it's sudden death. Things happen like they do. Congratulations to Kirk Cousins and all them guys. Hopefully they can get through to the divisional round, but we'll see. All right, yeah, so let's move into this Eagles-Seahawks game. The Seahawks took it 17-9, to and, you know, I think this game, funnily, despite Wentz's big injury, was actually of a higher level than this, you know, Saints and Vikings game and that Texans and Bills game. So, you know, what do you guys think about that injury from Wentz? And do you think it would have went differently if he wasn't injured? So obviously Carson thought Nick Foles was still there because he was like, oh no, I'm I'm not going to get past this concussion protocol. Wentz is behind me. Maybe he can win the game for me. He should have been injured well before in the regular season. He shouldn't have been in. Josh McCown had a phenomenal game as a, as a backup quarterback in my opinion 18 for 24 and 40 years old he's never played in a playoff game before with that inexperience just as inexperienced as Josh Allen and 40 he still had a great game granted he did get sacked six times but what can you expect from a backup quarterback not everybody's Nick Foles now do you think uh the injury to Carson Wentz do you think that should have been flagged at all or looked no, no. you don't think that you don't think that no 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 penalty? I don't think no no, I think I think Javion Clowney was playing the game, and I and I and I and I just think that things happen when you play. I mean, if you've played the game, you know, like you're not intentionally trying to yeah, lower know, your head I to know. hit somebody. Now, granted, happens. there, yeah, and and there's and there is people like like uh, like Burefic who really does target people. But I don't think J.J. Avion Clowney decided that he wants to knock heads with, with Carson Wentz because he wants him hurt. I don't think that that's the case. I think he's a clean player. He always has been, in my opinion. And I think people that, that say it was targeting, I think are just blatantly wrong. And, and it's the, the playoffs. They got to let them play to some degree, right? Like, you can't call stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. 100%. And I don't know. I was kind of dis- disappointed by this game. I honestly thought I found the Vikings and Saints to be more entertaining than this game. I mean, the Eagles offense to only getting three field goals, that's pretty sad. And Josh, uh, yeah, Josh McCown was, he was looking good, but he wasn't great. He was getting a lot of pressure to him, and that's because Clowney was putting the pressure on, and uh, Peters just couldn't hold up on the left tackle side. Which is really weird how like how the how the playoffs is affecting these left tackles. Like You have two Pro Bowl left tackles in Larry Tunsil and Jason Peters, and they just they just shit the bed this time. Like, like I just don't understand. Like, that should be your most important player on the offensive side. On the blind side. side. Your left tackle. Yes. Yes. He needs to be able to protect the quarterback's blind side. And if he's not there, like they neither of them were, how do you expect to win the game? Granted, one of them did and one of them didn't because you have a higher you have a higher skill level in Deshaun Watson than Josh McCown, but it is what it is. 
Yeah, so this game was pretty low scoring at just 17-9. to 9. So what key plays did you guys see that kept it from swinging in the Eagles' favor? As Dan said, they got held to three field goals. That's pretty poor. It's like what happened on the defensive side from Seattle that stopped them from getting above that? I think, well, obviously they had multiple sacks. Like their defensive line did their job pretty well. They put a lot of pressure on them. Yep, and they, and they sacked them when, the, when, the, when, the, when they really needed it. So they sacked McCallum on fourth down in the red zone. You know, it was a turnover on downs in the fourth quarter. Like, I mean, when that, like, that's just great defensive play right there. So, you know, it wasn't all bad for this game. Who who do you think the best player in this game was? Who's your player of the game? So mine was, uh, mine was DK Metcalf. He had, uh, he had a very explosive game. He's an actually, he's an absolute monster. He's huge, big physical receiver, uh, who made plays when they counted. Uh, they had, he had that, uh, Eddie George type touchdown where he just full extension, getting that ball over, all over the plane, even though Eddie George couldn't do it. He obviously wasn't as good as DJ, uh, DK Metcalf. Uh, he was for a rookie, uh, Perfect in crunch time, in my opinion. Uh, he was able to prove his ability. Unfortunately, receivers got drafted before him somehow, and he somehow went to the second round, which I still am in shock at all about. Um, but yeah, he had a solid performance of 160 yards on seven receptions in a TD. I just think he had an absolute monster. I game. think an honorable mention on the other side of that would be Russell Wilson. I mean, he did a great job. He did a phenomenal job in the postseason game. Uh, him and Pete Carroll are legendary for their postgame appearances. He performed really well. He moved the ball. He had a scramble and gained some yards. He did a lot of third down conversions with, yes, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, which were crucial for their movement of the ball. And especially at the very end of the game when they had to uh, secure their win by advancing on the third down with DK Metcalf uh, for the 20-some yard catch uh, to just run out the last minute and 37 seconds of the game. Yeah, and to really speak to your honorable mention here with Wilson, I mean, he had incredible escapability all game. And he was super accurate. Great pass placement, and I think he was very like. And like I was saying, he was very accurate. Uh, he had good. Uh, he had good head on his shoulders. Thankfully um, for him, he was making good decisions. wasn't I mean, he was throwing into double coverage sometimes, but I mean, the the Eagles secondary minus Jenkins was absolutely atrocious. I mean, well, and he probably was forced to throw into double coverage because he was getting chased down by uh, the Eagles D line. I mean, Cox did a hell of a job off the edge and on the nose tackle. He did a great job on defense. Well, I mean, yeah, but the but but the Eagles D line. I mean, they had eleven QB hits and only one sack. Like they're just not finishing this game. Like the game. Like I, I it's just I, I don't understand that how you can how that happens. And I think Jenkins was the only one with a sack at the safety position. He was playing at like a spy linebacker the whole time, where you left that whole middle of the field open. Like how do you do that? Like like how do you how does your defensive core is based around a safety? How do you, how does that happen? And then you have the whole center of the field where you're relying just on the cornerbacks to really deal with everything. I, in your cornerbacks, you don't have Darrell Revis and Stephon Gilmore on the outsides. Like you're, you don't have these high-level cornerbacks on the outsides to really be able to rely on them to be able to have a spy safety. It just doesn't make any sense. Oh, definitely, and like the play you're referring to when they had to bring uh, Jenkins in to spy on Russell Wilson because the last time he did a third-down conversion by just running up 15 yards just to get it. And next time they were in that situation, the defense moved Jenkins into the spy. And it left all the responsibility on the DBs to hold it down back there. And they are just way too weak to keep up with uh, man-to-man 100%. coverage. I think their DBs are not good, honestly. I think they need to really just wash that whole DB and start from scratch on the back end. 100%. Throw everybody away. Give Jenkins a huge contract. Have him pick the whole defense. Keep the D-line. Maybe some linebackers. Get rid of the whole defensive backcourt. And I think they'll be fine. But can we talk about Boston? 
Boston Scott here. And I mean, and, and I, I know I was saying he was a misfit and a throwaway. Yes, and you said yep, he was a yep. throwaway. And I would also like to talk about Dallas Goddard, who you also thought was another misfit of the Eagles, which actually showed you up. Punched you in the these mouth. These guys with that. came from the practice squad. Like, who are these? These people? guys are studs. Like, That's they, who like, they are. Yeah, yeah. They they're diamonds in the rough, apparently. But who who would have known coming out of the practice squad? But I mean, Boston Scott should have been utilized more. Miles Sanders should have sat on the bench. He did not perform well. I mean, granted, he had a 4.9 yard average. I'll give him that. But I think Boston Scott was running like a, like somebody had a, a gun to his wife and child's head, and I think he was playing just as just as hard as anybody. And I think they should have utilized him more. Dallas Goddard was the leading receiver, I believe, on the on the Eagles team with seven receptions for seventy three yards. I think out of a tight end, you are look like that is a fantastic statistic. Something that surprised me was the Seattle rushing game and how terrible it was. So Russell Wilson got nine carries for forty five yards, but then you have Travis Homer getting eleven carries for twelve yards, but his long a long of twelve, so he had ten carries for a gain of nothing. And then Marshawn Lynch had long of five with seven yards total and seven carry or six carries. So they were just doing I know. absolutely nothing. And like you and like Marshawn you know, Lynch was used when he needed aside, to be Rob, used. It's my turn. As you said, Sean, that is just oh horrible stats coming into this game. And I I backed you up one hundred percent last episode saying Marshawn Lynch is a wait to be seen on the field this game, and he did absolutely horrible. The only reason he had a touchdown was because they put him in a position within the five-yard line to rush and plow his way through. And besides that, yes, he made average one yard a carry. Horrible, horrible run that game. That is why you bring Marshawn Lynch in. You bring him in to get those, like, a couple of yards. They definitely could have picked up someone people. way better. No! No, Marshawn Lynch is the best player in that situation. No, he's getting old. 100%. He's getting old. He's been I out of retirement no... oh twice now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He he's Frank Gore level stats now. here. No. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Marshawn Lynch, no, he is the man to put in on the one-yard line to get that surefire touchdown. Yeah, he didn't have a very good uh, rushing You can game. find someone else with that, with that physicality and way more of a uh, make a, a difference in the fucking game. Like, that is horrible. I don't know about that, he, Someone else know, but, can be way uh, more dynamic than Marshawn Lynch. And uh, that just man. as physical well, I, as well, I'll tell you. I will tell you that, that and that other running back is not it, not it for him. No, I mean, Homer, Travis Homer. Well, yeah, he was like spiking the ball. Running back. He, I mean, <laughs> just they, spike they the ball instead. Like he does nothing. <laughs> like you, like you said, they ran through their they ran through their running backs. They have three running back injuries late in the regular season. Uh, one starting in week twelve and two in week sixteen, and then it, it was up to Homer. And then they had to pick up Lynch. They're literally their running back depth chart was. Down to two, and they were both underperforming. Horrible. But you gotta you gotta draft and pick up free agents for that situation. You know what I mean? It's like I feel like that's almost unacceptable to happen. Of like you're not you don't have these these producing running. I mean, I guess the Eagles are lucky to find you know the the diamond in the rough of Boston Scott to be able to come in for that. But like the Seahawks organization should have I definitely think, drafted. I think that well, they drafted opinion. Homer late, way late in the draft, so they probably. Just saw a little bit of potential and thought maybe he could grow, and uh, they definitely didn't see him having to step up in that position and be the starting running back for them in the postseason right out of his rookie season. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, you really can't look that far into the future, but still, I mean, 
I don't know. The Eagles did a better job drafting, in my opinion, or, or I guess practice squad it's snatching. I guess if you want to call they it. They just that. need to do a better job uh, recruiting DBs. Yeah, most definitely. And receivers. Get some receivers in there. Get someone with fucking hands. Get this man some help. And and also while, while they're at it, just fire Marsh or uh, Wentz. Get him out of here. They don't need him. Call Nick Foles up. Tell him, yo, we need a Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> we need to get back to the Super Bowl. Bring him back in, and then he'll be it'll be Super Bowl yeah. over. Do you yeah. think it, uh, they should also bring in Eli Manning? <laughs> they might as well. Hey, 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 hey. Eli is a Hall of Famer in my opinion. He beat the world's greatest team, the New England Patriots, right, twice. Right. He's, he's got four. I don't know. I don't know anyone. He's else a five hundred quarterback. He's a five hundred quarterback. So bad. He's still a Hall of. He holds great stats. Even if he's a five hundred quarterback, he's still going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's got. He's got almost as many. He, oh wait, he does have as many Super Bowls. Uh, he'll as he'll brother, get there. He he'll not? get there. It's just he shouldn't. <laughs> he should. All right, let, let's wrap this here. up. Um, you know, check out our Twitter. Look up Bad Blood Football Podcast. You'll find us, and just you know, you get to see the and leave us some comments. You know, if anybody disagrees with some of these opinions, yeah, and, and I want to hear, I want to argue with you. We want to see why you're wrong. We'll tell you. And definitely feel free to comment and trash the Patriots for Rob. He'll appreciate that. Oh come on now, dude! They're all great, great. Go there, Henry. All right, see you guys next week. We'll release another episode on Friday about the uh, predictions for the next round of the playoffs. Thanks for listening.